And the Perth Football Podcast is back with another full-time whistle. This one in a heaving Armadale Soccer Club uh, restaurant, cafe, bar area. Uh, the Red Star boys have obviously stuck around to celebrate their 6-1 win over Armadale today. And so excited was he with the win that uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, head of media and communications. Did I get that right, Robbie? Yeah. Yeah? yeah, man, yeah. It's great to have you back if you if you. If you recognise the voice, Robbie was on a couple of uh, Perth Football Podcasts in the early days, so Correct. it's a pleasure to have you back. Thanks for jumping on. Guys, it's always a pleasure to be on the podcast with you. Um, you do so much for the WA game, especially someone who's heavily involved in it. Um, it's great to see the impact he that the podcast gets. At least he's got a big enough ego. Don't um, worry, you don't have to... You no, don't it's have great to, to be back up. on. And, yeah. you know, I support you guys yeah. massively. And I think anyone that loves the dulcet tones of the man who, if we're all honest, should have won the voice uh, <laughs> you, the, the edition when you sung that beautiful uh, what was it Counting Crows wasn't it the... we're not even going to go there okay we're not going to go there <laughs> uh, look we've got a lot of football stuff to talk about uh, producer Kalichi's here as well how are you doing Kalichi? I'm doing great guys honestly massive shout out to uh, to Armadale they didn't win today but my goodness that canteen the footy scran was terrific wasn't it Mate, they won behind the bar, that's for sure. They had $8 stuffed potatoes. Check check those out on the social media. We're not quite the social media level of you, Robbie, but Kalichi's doing his best. Popped up a photo of that. They got this $9 pints of uh, proper tailgate XPA from a local brewery down in uh, uh, Canningvale. They're, they're really doing it right, supporting local businesses. Absolutely love it here. So not so great on the pitch today, unfortunately, but off the pitch, absolutely smashing it. Um, another team that's uh, smashing... It or opposition players with Florida Athena, three red cards back to their absolute worst. We've seen them do this at times in the past, capitulate. Um, we said last week, they made a bit of a joke about how silly Bailey Brown Montgomery's red card was. Uh, he'll obviously be back, I assume, because it was just two yellow cards, but, but that was a needless red card. And today, three absolutely... Uh, the, the first one we can talk about, and I think that's important, we, we talk about the... The grey area in the rules there. Um, I think they could have downgraded that to a yellow, but Phil Arnold's tackle was disgraceful. Um, Dennis Gallen was off camera. I didn't see what happened for the third, uh, but it was, you know... My favourite part about that is we, we, we had that chat last week and we said, who do you think is going to get the yellow cards? And the first guess was Bailey, the second guess was Phil Arnold, and the third guess was Dennis Gallen. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, Dennis didn't And they were, they were the, obviously... Uh, the supporter they missed out last week and they wanted to make sure that they got it right this week as well. Yeah. Well, let's just roll through the scores so we don't miss anything out. Obviously here, Armadale 1, Perth Red Star 6, Daryl Nickel with the perfect hat-trick. Uh, must be good getting to watch him every week, Robbie. What, you got anything to say about that man that hasn't already been said? I, I think watching Daryl Nickel week in, week out, even at training every weekend, you can tell that the quality he possesses every time that he, he plays the game. It just feels like sometimes he's, he's one step ahead of everyone else and I think sometimes when you look at players, you look at just the simple things that they do first before they do the big things. And Darrell scores some unbelievable goals, but he does the simple things exactly. so do, well. Do you know what I noticed as well? That was we talked about this when we were up at Sorrento. Is that even when it's you know four one five one, he's up there sort of patrolling that that back four. Yeah. But he's also pointing, telling everyone, telling the player on the ball where to pass it, where to go, where to like going back and forth, and and that's. To be doing that all game, uh, he's, he is the ultimate professional in this league. When you when you said that he he does things well and he does things that no one else kind of sees, it reminded me of the couple times today where 
there was a situation where he's already read the post and trying to do the back pass. And he did the same thing a couple of times against Sorrento as well. So it isn't just staying that step ahead when you're attacking. It's also that that step ahead when you're defending, trying to see if you can still have a half chance. And the header was terrific. The right-footed goal, yeah, I was, couldn't see. I spoke to Yusri actually then, on the way to the toilet. The header was terrible defending as well from Armadale, must be said. No one picking anyone up yeah. the front post, just letting him run on Mars. Of all the people to let make that run and no one touch him, is, is no one... Yeah. They ha- got to have two men in. Two and, men on him on a corner. And, and, and the sad part was that the third goal to, to get the hat-trick, apparently he found out that that um, Gordon Smith had scored yeah. and wanted to make sure that he stayed ahead of Gordon Smith as well. So we scored that screamer after Gordon scored a screamer with his right. He said, look, let me score a screamer with my left. Apparently that's what happened. Well, but yeah, just said, go, go watch it if you can. The perfect hat trick. And he, uh, he got that header we mentioned, curled one in from outside the box of the right foot, uh, which really put the game to bed as a contest and then thumped a left footer in. It was, yeah, a stunning performance from him. Um, Balcata Bayswater, Bayswater. You'd have to say he's an upset after the form of the first opening month of the season. Balcata were had been terrific. Uh, the opening four rounds, Bayswater really, really poor the times that I've seen them. But who knows, maybe this is a, a, a route back into it. Uh, from there, Kalicha, you caught a bit of the action or one of the goals? Yeah, I saw, I saw one of the goals there, which was uh, Gordon Smith, who came down and, and had, a, had a bit of play where he came on the inside sat his man down, shimmied past and rifled at home and you could see the confidence growing there. But I think the big news from that game is that's Bayswater's first clean sheet in I think two years. And um, you need clean sheets. Clean sheets help make the job easier, right? You don't need clean sheets in the NPL. You don't. There's so many goals. You can you can concede three and still win. Uh, as Inglewood did, four goals to three. Haven't caught the action from that one, but geez, it's up and down and Inglewood Win the. This is what we keep talking about. So, Robbie, I don't know if you can. We've we've had many people on the podcast try and explain this league to me, and I, I can't figure it out because every single team, I can't figure out from one week to the next. It's just yeah. And, and Inglewood go and win the night series. Uh, Michael Domface scores a hundred goals, and you think, oh, he's he's in for a good season. Inglewood are in for a good season. Then he doesn't score in the opening month, and they look like they can't buy a win. And then they come up against the glory side, who have been winning games, and then they beat them 4-3. Well, it shows you the competitiveness of the NPL and, and WA and, and the men's side of things. It's um, it's great to see. You know, as, as much as we would like it to be predictable, it's, it's almost good that it's no, not I, because it keeps us so entertained. I agree. And um, the more competitive the football is across the bases, I think the better footballers we're going to produce because, you know, players need competitive games to be able to develop and I think if you look in the 20s league it's very competitive you know look at the the um, the NPL men's and it's hard for for anyone to pick any results from week to week so um, no it's great to see it's yeah. so good uh, mentioning Inglewood I really enjoyed watching them in the night series I think I think they play some good football they've had some really good additions you know Kieran Salinger coming over from from Guelph, Croatia was their captain he's added divided them to, to the back line Michael Domfe they've got a really um good coaching team in there so they've had a difficult start and I'm not I'm not surprised that they went and won today because they just needed that result to bounce back and they, they, they can score goals and we saw that and, and night series especially and again pre-season's always a little bit hard to tell how seriously teams are taking it what fitness levels are like but I was really looking forward to seeing Harry Evans and Michael Domfay as a little you know big man small man even though Harry's not exactly a small man um, yeah it's it's just 
it, it, like you say, so hard to predict. We've uh, just seen a message uh, telling us to, telling us to have a look. Oh, yes, we, we we've had a look at the uh, Floriat red cards, and I do agree. Uh, we we didn't get on to talking about that penalty. Uh, yeah, to finish off talking about Inglewood anyway, before we move back to that, it, yeah, it just hasn't quite clicked for them. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them go on a three-game winning streak after this. It's, it's and that's the, that's the thing about this league and this level is a lot of it is just confidence. And once you get that confidence up, then you don't take that second touch and you've got an opportunity to take a shot and do it first time. You're clearing the ball a lot better. Um, you're you're backing your teammates in tighter areas. And you can see you can see when, when it when it clicks onto players. We can talk about Coburn in a second when you mentioned it earlier. But Friday <laughs> Zico scored another great goal, <laughs> yeah. and it's a confidence thing where he scored a screamer a couple Your weeks ago, and he now gets another chance. Never happened if I was on the pitch, of course. I just wish it was Friday every day. Yeah, we wouldn't have two legs left if you were on the pitch, Galici. But um, let's move back because we did skim over the. We wanted to talk about the opening, or not the well, the opening red card uh, for Floriat, um, which was it was one-one. Uh, it's the 85th minute, late in the game. Uh, I think it was Christa Delarcus making a tracking run. And from from the angle you get on the camera, you, you can't see if he gets the ball or if he takes player and, and then ball. Uh, the one thing I would say is is Alex Novatsis we've had on the podcast before is an exceptional referee, probably one of the, the all-time great referees in the one game. One of the football. greats. Um, but he always said that referees... You're laughing, Robbie, weren't you? I wasn't just, joking. No, just because... Alex is going to lap that up so much. And yeah, that's absolutely. Well, we're, try, we're trying to get him back on. So, um, But he said on one of the podcasts he was on, you look to downgrade red cards or, or downgrade decisions if you can. So if you see something you think, oh, that could be a red card, is there a way I can just give it a yellow, calm the whole situation down, and then, you know, this bubbling pot of testosterone that is adult men's football doesn't spill over and... And I think this is a situation where I don't know who the referee was, and I'm not trying to name or shame anyone anyway. But I think the rules are now that if it's an honest attempt to win the ball, and this is ignoring the fact I don't know whether it was uh, whether he got the ball or not because you couldn't tell from the angle that, that we get on streamer.com.au. Uh, but if he didn't get the ball and it's a foul, you can still make the case that he was making an honest attempt to play the ball, and therefore. It should probably be a yellow instead of a red. I don't know what you think, Kaliji. Unless they think it's a dog, though. But again, like we said, it's that double jeopardy. It's that double jeopardy rule where, where you're now losing a player. Yeah, I don't think it matters now if it's a denial okay. of a goal scoring opportunity. If if you're making a honest attempt to win the ball. Yeah, and uh, and and, and, be and isn't that whole like penalty penalty thing as well, right? Where it's you you don't want to give them double jeopardy where it's red card, lose a man. So if it was outside the box and it was a free kick, it would be a red, red card. card. Yeah, inside the box. Inside the box. Yeah, but he has to deem if he's decided he hasn't made an attempt to win the ball, which would be very harsh because I, we can't nah. tell whether he's won the ball. Or not. I, 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 yeah, I, I'd be from what I've seen and from Chris Delacus's reaction and from the players' reaction on the ground, it doesn't look like they think it's a penalty. It doesn't look like that from where we are. But again, we don't have the same view as the referee. But it's 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 a tough one to take. And to be fair, to be fair. Floriat saved the penalty. They saved the penalty. But there's no one following up and there's no one stopping Sam Cook to bring it on home at the end there. Yeah, and this is... Yeah, obviously, Phil, I've, I've, I've loved watching Phil in uh, in games and he's uh, he's always been a bit uh, entertaining, uh, shall we say. And, yeah, great for the league. But um, 
but what I would say is that you can have a bad decision go your way, as Florida did last season when they won the league, and keep going. And they, they've done that. And, and that's exactly what you're saying, Kalichi, is if they're on their toes and they're not just stewing on this penalty decision that may or may not have been a bad call, like I say, we cannot tell from the angle that we've got. It, it looks like it's probably a bad decision, but I'll also say that the referees uh, tracking back as, as all of... You know, the defenders are tracking back at full speed and only gets one look at it from a particular angle and has to make a decision. It's, it is impossible to get these right. It is impossible to get them right 100% of the time. You can try and get them right 90% of the time. Premier League referees have the benefit of VAR. NPL referees don't have that benefit. He has to make a decision. I think the biggest mistake he makes is after giving the penalty to give the red card as well because I think with that, yeah, double jeopardy rule... I mean, I don't know. The rules seem to be changing uh, year after year, so I don't know what the current rule is, but I believe that's the case. Um, we'll, ch- we'll have to check in with Nova. But, yeah, it, but it's... Yeah, you, you don't need to capitulate. You can have people following up on the penalty, as you said. You don't need to be going and volleying people after that and making a bad situation worse because Bailey Brown Montgomery did something very silly last week. We joked about it, but he missed out today. Uh, they obviously go on and lose that game. Maybe they would have won it with him. Now they're going to be missing Phil Arnold for three weeks. Dennis Gallen didn't see what happened because I think it was Dennis Gallen anyway, but it was off camera. Um, but it's another red card, another player they're going to be missing next week. They already don't have Rob Petkov. They already don't have a, other players out with injuries. It's they're just digging their hole deeper and deeper and deeper when, yeah, it, it just, it's unnecessary. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I just got to second everything you've, you've kind of said there. But... Going around the grounds, what other scores kind of caught your eye? Any scores catch your eye, boys? Uh, I think we've got to most of them. We mentioned Friday Zico uh, obviously scored a stunner in Coburn's away win and Sterling Macedonia getting back to their winning ways. I think that's a huge win for them um, up at Sorrento. You know, that's uh, scored the opener, got pegged back and just we're probably, we don't see a lot of these games. Obviously, we're down here at Armadale, but that Sterling of last season where it was just every game was tight and they'd find ways to win. And they make the top four off the back of that. And, yeah, you can see them doing similar here. I mean, I was looking at the standings during the game, and this league just going back and forth. Perth now topping the league. No one was predicting that at the start of the season. Again, only five rounds in, but a point back, Florian and Sterling, who I think we were expecting to be there or thereabouts. But but Florian now, I think, with all these red cards and, and injuries, they're going to have a hard time holding on to or Perth and Sterling as they surge up. But Balcatter and Coburn are on nine points as well. So the top five teams separated by one point. And then it's two points back for the next three. It's, it's yeah, the top eight all separated by a, a win. So it could literally flip. And, and I do feel for Kingsway because, again, they we, we've said so many times they've put in good performances and haven't got results. Uh, and, and now losing to Coburn, who they would have probably picked as a team like we can go out and beat, but... Oh, I don't know. Make some sense of it. You know, for me, it's fantastic just to see so many goals going in across the league and the, the entertainment to be as high value as, as it is. Yeah, um, I always say to, I said to Kalichi at the start of the season because he, he sends me the tips and, and I just I pick a team in each game. And he says, oh, I didn't pick any draws. Like, there aren't any draws in the NPL. There's never any draws. And that's not strictly true. But once again today, there were no draws. In the first five rounds now, there's been two draws all season and I think that's weight of goals so if you score like seven goals eight goals in a game 
I don't know, balance of probability to me doesn't feel like it's going to be exactly even on both sides. I mean, it, we're, we're five rounds into the league season, you know, there's still a lot of time to go. We're so early into it. I think teams have still got a good bit of time to settle and kind of understand what the best traits are and how their teammates work. You know, um, Kingsway have had quite a few changes. Um, so have a lot of the squads have brought in a lot of players. So some of that volatility may settle down over the next few weeks. It's hard to tell, but for me as someone who, who works in the game, it's just great to see it be so entertaining and... Um, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned some of the key changes, and there's one we haven't actually mentioned just right now, and that's Liam Reddy. And and speaking speaking to a couple of the players, they said that, and we could hear it on the sideline, there's a little bit more loudness coming on from that side, and they just felt a little bit more assured, a little bit more calmer, a little bit more confidence. And there are a couple saves that he pulled off in that game where it looks really simple, but it's because his positioning is elite, it's because his reactions are elite. What's the kind of feeling in the dressing room, if you've, if you've heard or you've seen from that addition in that squad because I'm sure it's got people's tails up as well. And before you answer, for those that don't know, Liam Reddy's played 350 A-League games. He's played for more clubs in the A-League than anyone else. 150-something at the glory. This is a top, top, top professional. 41 now, but yeah, go on. What, what's, what's he added to the team? Well, I'm not a first-team coach, so I haven't really worked with Liam directly, so it's not really for me to comment on, but in my experiences that I've had with him through the media side of things, he's, he's been great. He's, he's really easy to deal with and you know just being around him taking pictures or even filming some training he, he obviously has such fantastic presence and um, I think it probably can be quite settling for the players to know that they've got someone with such experience behind them um, but, but no on a media side of things he's, um, he, he's been fantastic to deal with and I think he's going to be great for the club and again great for the league to get a hold of someone with um, such prowess and such experience and it's going to bring more people to the games well look speaking of games we're going to add a little snippet here from josh and tommy wait before we do that then we'll come back we'll let you go celebrate robbie but then we'll get on to the women's npl action uh tomorrow and a bit of, bit of a preview of that but uh Kalichi. <laughs> i was in the bathroom and i missed it they missed all the excitement of one of the, as I said on the commentary, probably the most dramatic uh, incident in all of Western Australian NPL footballing history when, uh, I can't remember the, the young man's name, let me uh, check my clipboard here, but uh, the substitute for Armadale was coming on uh, and it was, oh, I, I, Connor Walsh I think it was, and it's 5-1 or 6-1 or whatever it was at the time, the game's almost over and he's come on and They've decided to tell him, the assistant and referee, that oh, the socks are too small, it's not acceptable. And oh, I just, like they were, they, they were those little dinky socks. It did look like they'd shrunk in the dryer. And, you know, maybe... I, I think I, think I know was, what happened, Sean. I don't know. I think this is... I, no, I think I know what happened. What happened? All right. So, from my experience, every now and then, the referee <laughs> gets assessed. Yeah, and when the referee gets oh. assessed, you've got to do every single thing by the absolute you letter. Be a bit more of a job yes. than you normally yes. would want to be. Yeah, you've got to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. And looking over my shoulder right now, or looking over your shoulder right now, I can see a man in a jacket who usually has a clipboard. So I think that's what's happened uh, today. Perhaps, where the referee's perhaps. gone. Usually, I wouldn't have to do anything about this. Comma, however, I am yeah. being assessed here. So it's like there's uh it's like the, the, the cops going undercover to crack some kind of 
small petty crime yes. and then making it hard for all of us to commit yes. these petty crimes yes. because everyone's on the lookout for them. Yes. So, uh, I, okay. I mean, it was all a bit tongue-in-cheek. It did all seem a little bit needless. It, honestly, it was, it was all... The amount of times when I have been playing... Again, it's Sunday League, but I've been playing Sunday League and someone's got the wrong socks on or someone's got the wrong undersleeves on or not everyone has the same colour undersleeves on and it's fine and yeah. it's fine and, and it's I mean, fine. If you've got the wrong socks on, I'd, I'd be all for that, but... And then just slightly too small. And I then one, know. and then one day, the referee turns up. He's been assessed, and he's like, "Sorry, guys, the uh, the you can't the, wear your green socks. You can't have your, you can't have red. Your, you can't have your grip socks on. That's black. You need to have the same blue <laughs> grip socks as everybody oh, else." He said, "Crip socks." No, oh, we're gonna go red versus blue. Oh, the blue. bloods and the crips, huh? <laughs> what about me? Makes you go straight to the bloods and the crips, Sean. Oh, you always talk about the crips. <laughs> You, how excited did you get when Snoop Dogg did the Crip Walk at the, the Super Bowl? It was the greatest thing <laughs> since Man Walking on the Moon. All right, on that note, let's go and listen to what uh, Tommy and Josh brewed up for us at the uh, Balcata Bayswater. Josh and Tommy here, the Metro correspondents for the Perth Football Podcast from Grindleford Reserve, where Balcata's three-game winning streak was ended by Bayswater. They're on a three-game unbeaten run themselves. Now this league is so tight. The Glenessance, it's over, at least temporarily for now, down at Balcata. But Bayswater, they look a far sight better than they were earlier on in the season. Tommy, what did you make of that game? Um, I thought it was a game that maybe didn't quite hit the heights that we were expecting when we picked this game to go to this week, Josh. There was a couple that maybe were better contenders based on the scores we looked at around the grounds. But I think what we have seen is Bayswater potentially stabilise a little bit. They've maybe just... Um, well, we um, we sort of noticed that the addition of Cam Edwards just sort of maybe just better balances that midfield a little bit. It just complements... Um, Hargreaves in there a little bit, both of those two in the, in the centre of the park. It just allows them to have that little bit more of, of control on the game. Um, and, and in terms of Balcada, I, I just they, they tried. They had a couple of efforts in the first half, but they just didn't quite get into gear as we've maybe seen in the past few weeks. So um, I wouldn't say back to the drawing board for them. It was just maybe a day where things didn't quite work, and we'll be interested to see whether they can hit back next week. Yeah, and it was interesting to see, you said Cam Edwards coming in there. Gordon Smith looked like he was able to get a little bit higher up the pitch. He ended his goal drought for the season. Poor guy. I know he has a bit of a competition with Daryl Nickel. Daryl Nickel's apparently scored a perfect hat-trick on the same day. But still very positive for him. He had that chance that he hit on the crossbar in the first half. Balcata, they had a couple chances. Ben Hinchwood should have done better with one right at the start of the game. If that goes in, it's a completely different story. Uh at the end of the day, though, they just didn't create very much going forward, did they? They had a lot of those set pieces, long balls into the box. Bayswater dealt with those very well, particularly in the second half. The goalkeeper, Casey, from the uh, from their reserves, had a good game. Uh, in terms of Balcata, do you think they, they might have trouble going forward, potentially creating with what they've got out there, or is this a, a game where you, you put it in the back pocket, or, or you put it on the shelf, you leave it there, and you don't look too much further at it? No, I mean, I don't think it was a particularly poor performance, and I think Glenn tried his best. He made a lot of substitutes. Um, he changed the system a few times from what we saw. It looks like they tried three or four systems in, in total in the game. So yeah, Adam Tong is a, a left-centre forward at one point. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't through lack of trying. I think it was just one of those games 
games. Um, Yamamoto as well maybe didn't have um, the sort of game we saw him have in round two against Inglewood where he was outstanding on the day. He's a real X factor them and a player who can make something out of nothing. Um, and I think it was just one of those games where um, that midfield of, of Bayswater had a slightly better configuration to what we spoke about um, in terms of what... The, 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 the thing with Bayswater is we've spoken about this at the beginning of the season. They've got all these attacking players with Dway, with Makeche, Stein, Smith, uh, Sparta was on the bench today. Cataccioni came off the bench. You rattled them all off, but you've got to have that configuration in midfield right to allow those guys to thrive. And, and we spoke about it before with Edwards and, and Hargreaves, but that base just maybe um, didn't allow Balcata to have the control in the areas that they would have liked um, for a long enough period within the game. And and full credit to Gareth for coaching that. And and and, and to, to answer your original question, a long-winded way, I think Balcata will. I think it's more. We'll just see what happens in the following weeks with them. They've won three on the bounce before that. They've clearly shown they've got the chops to maybe push for the top four this year if they can continue what they've done. Uh, whether they can do that's another thing though. Yeah, and uh, you know, we've got to say our tips have been shit, but it's not our fault because you look at the games today, you look at this one here, and, and it's such an unpredictable league. And we we touched on that. We've got an interview coming up with uh, Gordon Smith, who got one of the goals for Bayswaters today, and it's something that that you can't avoid, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it, it's bizarre. It, it, it's impossible for us at the moment. We're, we're we're sitting there trying to figure out which four minds are which, and and whether results from one week are franked going into another week and we're looking at the likes of Perth for example who when we last checked had a win today they obviously beat the glory and they've beaten Florida today who were top of the league coming into today's outing and now you have to sort of look at what Perth have done in the past few weeks and put their results into context but obviously then Coburn beat Perth as well so it's a very mixed and matched way of saying that it's just so unpredictable and I don't think I normally work off a third of the season in terms of having some actual context and guidance as to how the results are going to be but it's so tight at the moment that it might even be the first half of the season the way we're going but it makes it exciting for us and yeah what a league that's all we can say and then we've got transfer window coming up as well uh as we touched on just before gordon smith there is an interview with the bayswater marksman coming up uh thank you very much tommy for uh joining me up at grindleford see you soon Josh and Tommy here with uh, Gordon Smith from Bayswater City. Three games unbeaten now, Gordon. What's changed uh, with the team after that tough start to the season? Well, look, I just think um, we've just been kind of committed more. We've, um, we've worked harder and we've took our chances and we've been on top of games. I think the first few games we were just um, a little bit slack um, in retaining the ball and taking chances. So I think over the last few weeks we've been better at that. 2-0 win over Balcata today. They, they were flying going into the game, and you've broken your duck for the season. What does it mean to get on the score sheet? Yeah, no, listen, Balcata have got three wins out of four, so we know it was going to be a tough game. Um, set pieces and stuff, they're strong. Um, when I, I got my goal, I was just delighted after my, my chance that I missed in the first half. Uh, it's bounced back off the crossbar, and I think it's hit the line and bounced back out. But um, no, I just had to keep my head, and um, I knew I'd get another chance, and thankfully it went in. Well, and we're having a little bit of a nightmare with trying to tip what's going on in these games, Gordon. But doesn't this sort of just show what the league's like this year? It's so tight. I think there's like four points separating the top nine. And you come to the second place team today and, and get a good win. And now you're on a three-game unbeaten run. Yeah, I think this is the strangest league uh, so far that I've been involved in. Because when I looked at the teams before the, um, a ball was kicked, 
I was struggling to find a weak team really. I thought all teams are pretty competitive this year and I think it's going to be a very exciting title race. Um, I'd say there's about seven or eight teams that could potentially be fighting for the league if not top four. Um, so it's, it's good, it's good for the league and um, every game you need to be at your best. Does this run that you've been on, does it have you dreaming of, of those top four uh, positions again and, and potentially a, a tilt higher up the ladder? Uh, listen, we're just trying to take each game as it comes, the old cliche, but nah, like, if we get a, a run of games, I think somebody said we're only maybe one, one, uh, point off being in the, uh, one point off being in the top four or something, maybe, I, I don't know, but if we just keep winning and just keep being committed as we are, um, teams are going to take points of each other the whole season, so if we can just get a little bit more consistent, I'm sure we'll be in there. Yeah. Thank you very much, Gordon. And thank you so much, greatest man in Mr. Football. And also, Gordon Smith did his part as well. Uh, I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for sending that through. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up a little bit. There's Soon, there's not too much more to talk about. Uh, the women's games, obviously, tomorrow. Uh, we've already had one women's fixture this week, which was Curtin University. The customary 7-plus nil defeat this time. Perth Red Star. Uh, they covered the spread. Sean. So obviously, well, I think yeah, Curtin absolutely covered the spread. Uh, if you're betting men, which we are not, yes, which we are not on record, <laughs> yes. Um, but I think that goes to show that Perth Red Star probably not quite the team Subiaco are. Is would you say that's fair? No. Okay. Uh, so tomorrow we have uh, Balcata Etna taking on Fremantle. Uh, actually, Perth Soccer Club, Murdoch University, Melville tonight. Uh, which should be quite an interesting game. We saw Perth and Red Star uh, last week, and it was a pretty scrappy one where neither side, I think, were at their best. But, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what Perth can, can yeah, back that it, up with. It'll be, it'll be a good game for Mum FC to, again, try to get back to winning ways after a tough result. Um, the previous weekend. Is this doubleheader at Dorian Gardens it becoming is. a uh, It's going to be like this for the next kind of 10 weeks oh, because, fantastic. of course, they've got their grounds being used for the Women's World Cup. Yes. And so... They should be doing it every year. That was fantastic last yeah. week to get the, catch, catch the men's game, catch the women's game. Uh, yeah, get all the boys together. That was good fun. Um, so I said, I don't think I mentioned uh, the fixtures tomorrow yet, but Balcata taking on Fremantle, Subiaco taking on the Hyundai NTC and... Yeah, a real battle at the top as, as the NTC, I think, sort of try and prove that they are the, you know, a team to be reckoned with, that they are serious about this league. And, and if they can knock over Subiaco tomorrow, they'll be right up there, uh, depending on what Perth do with, with Murdoch University Melville. So I think the women's league, you always send the tips through. Feels a lot easier to tip than the men's league, and uh, we're still not doing that great. There and as I'm well. still not sure. Yeah. yeah, and I'm still looking at this thinking, I'm not sure how good Fremantle City are. I'm not that's sure the, that's how the, good Balcatta are. That's the one that I really want to see. Unfortunately, we'll be playing our Sunday league games, but I'll try to catch the game after that. The one I really want to see is that Balcatta Fremantle. That Fremantle not game. Make it, that's mate. my last the season. Sean, it's my last season. <laughs> you said that last year. No, I said maybe last year. <laughs> this is my last, last season. But look, I really want to see that game because these are two sides that we tipped for that top four. But the way that it looks like right now with the way NTC are playing and Red Star and Perth, eh, those two sides you need one of them to make the fourth spot so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what it looks like for them how it works out um obviously Belcada haven't been getting the results that they've wanted they did sign tier but they got the tier factor yeah i was gonna say factor. i will be interesting to see how Fremantle bounce back because of course Fremantle played curtain last week and the teams have played curtain the following week 
it hasn't been the same kind of fixtures yeah, for them. Had a so competitive fixture, have yeah. you, the week before. So yeah, that, that is interesting. But please do let us know on the socials. I'm off social media now completely, so it all goes to Kalichi. So please send as much you're as you're not can through. supposed to say. Send that. as much as you oh, can. Oh yeah, yeah, because I'm going to get someone come and uh, abuse me for something that you said on Facebook, Kalichi, and I won't have it. I just won't have it. Um, but do let Kalichi know if you think it's time for him to hang up the boots from football because he's much better at this talking about football and producing a podcast than he is at playing it. Uh, Friday's Eco, you can back us up on that. Um, but, yeah, please send us your messages. Like, rate, subscribe. Get on your podcast provider and do all that stuff. Um, it's been a great full-time whistle. Uh, lots of love and take care. And we'll be back with the regular podcast uh, on Tuesday. Toodaloo, everybody. Toodaloo, everybody.